Hello. Hey, Marilyn. How are you? It's very early. It's super early. It's the earliest. Oh, it's the most early. Especially for a Tuesday. You sound like your voice sounds different. It's early. <laughs> it's very early. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Ah. Uh, I might need you to drive this week. That's fine. I'll get in the car right now. Yeah, I just turn it over. Yep. I was thinking about that last week. Excuse me. <laughs> that was very early. <laughs> I was thinking about that last... <laughs> Hi. Hi. I was, uh, hey, buddy. I was thinking about that last week. Um, you know, it, so much happens, so much changes. And uh, you just get so used to this ba- the pace of change that you stop notice how, noticing how fast things change. But Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about how, like, we uh, when we went camping, we rented a vehicle to accommodate all of our executive camping gear. And it's it's like we've never owned a minivan. Like we're not fancy. We have like a Jetta, right? And uh, so we have this rental SUV, and the key fob is like bigger than a baby's fist. It's got it's got one thing that you click, you double click, and it'll start your car for you. <laughs> you got another thing to open the left side door, the uh, you know driver like the driver's side door. Right. You double click on the other side to open the passenger side door, and you double click on the back. A hatch thing to open the back hatch thing, mm-hmm. and it worked flawlessly. It was it worked a treat. The gas mileage was surprisingly good. It was very comfortable. It held all of our stuff. You know the radio was fine. It's the usual terrible interface for a, a big modern car uh, media system. But um, like we did stuff like we um, we brought along a converter. You know where you plug in the what used to be the lighter port. You can plug in one of those little dinguses. And we use that to like uh, recharge our charger. Right. We would, you know, charge our devices. Uh, most importantly, we used it to pump up our executive uh, uh, beds. And, uh, and it had two different little cigarette ports. It had one port that I guess would have a little key on the door, which meant this will run only when the car is running. Mm-hmm. And there's another that would run passively. So you could, we just, we just leave it. And I, after the first night I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if the battery is going to be dead in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Cause we've been letting this power, you know, like our Jackery, um, charger. I love this Jackery, you know, charger bricks and our phones and watches and all this stuff. And it never, it never paused. It never flooped. It never, it never had trouble turning over. And I was just thinking about how every car that ever existed in my life into the nineties had something about it. I guess maybe it was the introduction of fuel injection. I don't know what it was, but like, do you remember as a kid, your, your car would just break? There was just, always a car. I've thought about this too. It's funny you mention it. I, I totally know exactly what you're talking about. Just, but like you you would, you would, could legit say, I'm going to be late because my car won't start. Right. There was, I felt like, and it's not like I had horrible cars. I mean, I had a couple cars that were horrible, but most of them were like decent cars, reasonable cars, you know? And like, you knew there was maybe a, at any given moment, 25, 30% chance it just wouldn't start. That seems Especially normal. when you were living in Pennsylvania, you must have gotten this. I mean, we lived in Ohio. Oh, yeah. We lived through the blizzards of 76 and 77 and all the other just various winters. And, you know, there was a whole workflow you had to go through. There was, like, stuff you could buy for your car. It was, like, some kind of, like, a shaker bed warmer that you could, like, put under your, in- put on yes, your engine block. Yes, you would lay it so on the able- engine block to defrost yeah. it so and the oil wouldn't dad, be solid inside w- the block. Mom dad would have to go out and very gently start the car. Let it run for a while. Let it run for a while. and then You like, couldn't you just drive could- off. You couldn't start <laughs> you your car just, and go. You don't just get in a car in snow. You don't just get in a car, hit a button, have everything defrost. It's got freaking seat warmers. 
The back seat had seat warmers. Nice. It had a separate climate control system for the back seat. This is like a mid-range Dodge SUV. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, again, it's not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Rip Van Winkle, but at the same time, I, I, I do sometimes stop and pause and just ponder like, oh my God, it's, it's so weird how much stuff has become so much more reliable that used to be unreliable. Yes. But and I'll tell you what, I'll so t- much stuff that used to be reliable is crap now. Yes, exactly. And I'll add something to that. When things broke back then in our olden days. Many people, not everyone, but many people knew how to fix those things, and it was just assumed that everything that you owned could probably be fixed. Nothing was really disposable. So if your car broke down, even if you were just an average uh, Jane or Joe, the the concept of, well, I know what's wrong. I can fix that. I yeah. might be a little late getting to work, but yeah, I can I can go out there and fix it. It was all analog. Yeah. I mean it was all it was just pipes and wires. I remember when I got one of the reasons I got um I bought in the let's say the ninety two, ninety three time frame, I bought an old used RX seven that was probably yeah, I don't know, it was seven, eight years old at the time. And uh and and I one of the reasons that I got it was because the Wankel engines that it had were known to be very, very reliable. And although they burnt oil and stuff, like you didn't have to worry about something going wrong. And I was so fed up with like something going wrong with my car, especially the engine related. And, uh, and it proved to be a very reliable car. Yeah. But that's yeah. like, that was a big, like you, when someone goes to buy a new car, like what, is it reliable? Of course it's reliable. You, like we don't even think about that, but if it breaks now, forget it, yeah. forget it. Right. Something, something's got to be seriously wrong. It's got to get towed and, <clears throat> You know, fixed by, well, it's gotta by go. a special I mean, place. I guess a lot of people, you take it to the dealership if you got like a fancy German car. My fancy German car was a 1970 Volkswagen bus that I acquired. <laughs> you had a VW bus? Yeah, yeah. I've never a, known um, this about you. Yeah, it was really cool. It was, um, I bought it from this guy who had babied it for its entire life. It was, uh, I think, 25 years old. No, so he, it was a 70 bus because it was between... I like this right book be- that you, you just sent me. Well, wait, I tell you about this book. Um, <laughs> so, so, but basically it was really cool. It had like the sink and a little, like a, not a fridge, but like an ice box. Basically you could put a block of ice in this thing to keep things cool. Um, of course it didn't have air conditioning. It was air cooled, you know, engine in the back. You had to really change the oil a lot, which I did myself. And, um, anybody who got into the Volkswagen culture, even, um, kind of casually, like I did, would get a copy of this book. And it was this totally hippie book. And I don't know if you ever really repaired your own car, but you get something like a Chilton book. And the Chilton books were okay. Mm -hmm. They were good. They were like the canonical book to get. If if there was a repair that you could do in a consumer garage, you could do it with a Chilton book. But they weren't like super well printed. There was not a lot of contrast in the photos. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what you're doing and you're looking in your dark garage at an engine – and you have a low contrast photo, it's not the greatest. Look at the photos. I put it in show notes also. This is a book of cartoons on how to fix your Volkswagen. And look at that. Look how great this thing yeah, is. Yeah, it's really good. And there's, don't you fun, wish you there's had this guy's fun penciling? in it. Yeah, but don't you wish you had this guy's penciling skills? It's got a little <laughs> bit of like underground comics meets like, I don't know, 1920s vibe almost. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's impeccably clear what it is you're looking at the way that it explodes the drawings and stuff. It's very friendly. And the whole sense of this book is like, you know, so what's the full title of this? Oh, this is so great. 
Uh, yeah, the Beetle, Bus, Carmen Ghia, Square, Fastback, Safari, and 411, 412, How to Keep Your Volkswagen Alive. A manual of step-by-step procedures for the complete idiot. And um, That's really cool. I was also fortunate enough to have a friend who was a little bit of a gearhead. My friend who had an Austin Healey, he would like get cars and fix cars. Oh, yeah. We had to change the head gaskets in my engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is summer of 89. And um, I remember he came over with a box of tools and two scissor jacks. And we basically, you, I mean, long story short, two guys on a summer day could pull the engine out of an automobile, take off the head, change the head gaskets, put it back together, change the oil, all that stuff. You put that back in. I don't know. I didn't know what I was doing. He knew what he was doing, but we did this in my garage, listening to the Pixies one day. And like we put it back in and then drove the car that day. I don't know. I mean, and this is old man talk, but it is so interesting. But then on the, the Horlier, I think I told you that anecdote um, where I recently had to have a very, very serious right this moment phone call with my wife. And I couldn't get AT&T in my house to connect the call for more than a few seconds at a time. You know, there's that. Yeah. There's the fact that all our data lives in the cloud, but we don't really know always how to get to it or like where it lives and why are these messages out of order. I don't know. It's, it, it, it's a, it, it is strange. I got my first big boy car in 1991. I got a Mazda 323. They called it a protege. And I was time. driving a used Mazda 626 at that same That's time. That's a sweet ride. My no. boss had a 626. <laughs> but the 323 was great. I mean, it was super, super, uh, you know, fast and plucky, fuel injected, you know, uh, five speed uh, manual. It was great. But like that was the first car I ever had where like as long as you put gas in it and change the oil, it mostly worked. Like the stereo didn't just break. Yeah. It had manual I, I always my family was big believers in manual locks and um windows. Because as my dad always says, it's just one more thing to break. Do you know what but, my six two six had that was the worst thing that really made me hate that car? What's that? It had the uh seat belts that were automated motorized on the track. So oh, when yeah. you started the car they would Zip go back and 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 apparently those are very dangerous and unreliable and i hate i hated them yeah well that, that is funny how you see those little technical leaps another example of this would be on like ac delco i think it was called whatever it's called those radios that were like in most american cars where you had a, a volume knob you had a tuner knob then usually you had five or six buttons you could program. So you could pull out the button when you're on the radio station you wanted. You click it back in. And now it was a total no-look operation. It was completely analog. So you could be just tooling down the road and, you know, hit, um, hit you know, the first one if you want uh, WFSU, you know. <laughs> hit, hit the second one if you want Q105 right. or whatever. Um, How convenient. And, but now it's like my wife has had – she's the the driver and, and you know basically the owner of the car it's her car right but like she's had this car we've had a we've had a jetta since christ was a corporal but we've had two newer jettas uh for i don't know 10 years and like i still i still don't completely understand the radio i'm in the passenger seat and i still don't know if i'm supposed to go to sound or media or like which thing i'm supposed to hit yeah. to do it yeah. it is absolutely not a no-look operation she could do that from the steering wheel because it's got the, the stuff in the steering wheel. But I don't know. I don't know why it's on my mind. But it is funny to think about if you really, really stop and pause and allow yourself to kind of step back in time, as Kylie Minogue would say, you, you kind of find yourself going like, it's, it's really funny how this stuff that was so limiting in what it could do was also so very reliable. 
You know, things were, it was like having a pocket knife. It was something that you could completely understand and use without thinking about it. And now if you get a rental car, how how long, by the time you return the rental car, you still will not understand how to do the Bluetooth connection. You know what I mean? No. And here's the insane thing is everything that we're doing now is keep your eyes on the road. Stop looking at your phone. Stop even looking at it. And everything in my car is digital. There's this stupid screen that you have to use. It's a touch screen. It's not multi-touch like a phone. It's the old school touch like a TomTom. Capacitive. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and, and so to change the air conditioning settings, to change really? the radio settings. And you have a pretty nice car, right? It's it's okay. I mean, it's I'm not. I mean, like it's not. You don't you don't have like a college Acura. kid car. No, it's an Acura. Yeah, I mean, it's like a, you would expect that. This is like such a like Marco and Syracuse kind of thing. But you would expect to fit and finish. The door makes a good sound. You hit the button and it makes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You expect that. Like this. This has fit and finish to it. Yeah, it does. And then you have this insane thing. And here's the crazy part. And I don't know if this is just my car. If they all do it, it the display will periodically. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's not temperature related. It's not function related. It's just out of the blue. Sometimes the, the I guess the correct term to use would be chrome, the sort of chrome where that mm-hmm. sort of like that will remain, but then everything that's inside of it. So like if a button, imagine a play button a di- on screen, an on screen play button. If the outside of it is sort of gray with the gradient it's supposed to look like a piece of metal and then it has like the indented arrow that indicates that it's a play button the arrow will just vanish away from it and what? yeah so you just are left with the sort little, of the little glyph the, for that function will just go away and you're left with just sort of the buttons and this will they will flash <laughs> on and off but you've got to look at it and process while you're trying to drive the mode and the state yeah it's, and then, like, interpolate the angle to, like, get it exactly right. It's horrible. And 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 this is the stupid thing is the reason I got this, and this is called the technology package. Technology package. And the only reason I got that is because we wanted to get uh, the DVD player for the kids to be able to watch a DVD when we use this car to drive. And we've used it many times. We, we are not a, we're driving to school, put a DVD in so the kids will shut up. This no, is like on a long road trip. This is like, nice. okay, we're, you know, we're driving to Dallas. It's four hours. Yeah, we'll put a movie on for them. And the only way to get that was to get this technology package. I'm like, well, who, who cares? I don't, it's fine. I didn't even think that how, how much I would grow to really despise this. And anytime I'm in a car with my friends who just have like a knob to turn the air on or to adjust the radio volume, I'm like, I just wish, I just wish I had that. This is so stupid. I know know you're you're absolutely right. And again, this rental, this was a Dodge. Um, I mean, it was cool. It had a lot of really nice, (laughs) but you're like starting from scratch. Like, how do I operate a car now? I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I'm in one of those panic dreams where you're naked during a test at school, except it's for Apollo. And they just like throw me into this thing and they're like, land this on the moon. And, uh, so it had the stuff like, you know, two separate, you get separate climate controls for Mm -hmm. the two different sides, Mm -hmm. the driver and the Mm -hmm. passenger and, and all this stuff. But, but it was, it's so crazy because it's, Whenever you encounter a substandard UI, I, you know, and I find myself struggling with it because I have the, I don't know, um, the tenacity or the the stupidity to believe that I'm a smart guy who can figure stuff out. And I always end up thinking, I wonder if, I wonder if, pe- if people have really used this in the way that I'm using this, because like the even the radio, we couldn't get we couldn't get any Bluetooth to work full stop. 
So, and of course, every device that we've got has a lightning connector. Right. We're deep in the hearts of brutal Marin County, where like we're trying to minimize the use of battery stuff. I have cached movies and music to my iPad. I've got 10 movies on my iPad. They're always on there. There's always a good time to watch Scott Pilgrim. It's just nice to have with you. And I've, I've downloaded a bunch of Spotify playlists and albums that I know my whole family likes. We've got all like the Abba's Gold album on there and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, we're good to go. Let's go listen to Hamilton. Let's go listen to Abba. No way to get any Bluetooth connection any way that we can figure out. It's hard enough in my wife's jet. And this thing, it's unknowable. We couldn't figure it out. So now, of course, because like I said last week, I always deploy the dongle <laughs> title. I always deploy <laughs> those little dongles for going from lightning to uh, you know audio cable. And, you know, yeah, now I'm able to – I have to go now go to media. I got to find aux. But every single thing you do on this control panel is modal where there are – so when I say modal, it's, you know, you go, how can I put this? Or there's you, levels would be another way to put it. So like you're on the home screen and now you want to go into scanning for stations. And so like you could just have it scan and do that scan where it plays for a few seconds and goes to the next things. But to do anything serious, you have to go into a deeper tuning mode and then find the equivalent of an escape key to get out of that area. This is me in the passenger seat. It's we're almost to our destination. I'm trying to still figure out how to get things, this thing to go in. <laughs> well, you got so the road. We can, we can the trip to back, Mia. right? Oh my god! It's um, anyway. I don't know. That stuff's just funny to me. And 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 you know, actually, camping. We talked a lot about camping last time. We have some follow up this week on camping gear. Um, but it, it it is funny how when you are, it's one thing to be at home or at your office. We've got boxes and boxes of stuff, and you've got many, many options, and you've got consistent Wi-Fi. You've got, uh, you know, uh, theoretically unlimited power, uh, theoretically unlimited sources of power. It sounds dumb, but if you've got a bunch of devices and you're on the road and away from the internet, you have to work your way. It's almost like trying to hook something up to a recent MacBook Pro, where you have to think through <laughs> this maze, yeah. this maze puzzle of how I'm going to get from here to there. You know, it's like, I don't know, like you're trying to make iced tea with a thimble or something. Uh, and that's when you really notice what kind of stuff is, I don't know, sort of in, in your line of thinking, high quality, hardy, um, and uh, tolerant kinds of devices versus the kinds of things that are like, man, figure me out in the right order. You know, it's, it's just, it's not fun. So anyway, we listen to Mamma Mia. At least you got something going. <clears throat> mm-hmm. She likes that movie. I, I, my wife and I don't care for Mamma Mia. I know it's supposed to be a movie that's bad on purpose, but like it's not very good. Oh, I, I have not seen that movie. I'm it's, looking it's, at the covers for it now. I don't. It's know. silly fun. It's got that delightful uh, Amanda Seyfried in it. She's good. She's delightful. But um, anyways, it's early. Um, we did get. It's fun when we do an episode where we mention. We had one of those weird episodes uh, last week where we ended up talking a lot about things we recommend. We talked about all kinds of gear things. We talked about pants I actually, and belts. Yes, I, we got a lot of feedback about the belts. Before we launch into the, the follow-up for that, I have a, another question for yeah, something sure. that I would like for you to, you to recommend to me okay. uh, if you can. Okay, I think I'm ready. I'm going to be giving a, uh, a brief presentation, and I need a clicker that will allow oh, me boy. to advance slides. Uh, the clicker that I had in the past was a Kensington. I'm looking for the clicking. I'm looking for. What okay. do you call it? You call it a slide remote? I uh, the, it, What I had was called the Kensington Wireless Presenter with red laser pointer K33374USB. 
Mm. And uh, and so I had this, and I had it for oh, many yeah, years. My um, a friend of mine who who gave presentations for a living recommended this one for me, and I had it, and I used it, and it was fine, and it never failed, and and it has in its butt. You press on its butt, and it poops mm-hmm. out the USB the connector, which mm-hmm. is one of those old school, huge, huge USB connector dongle things um and it was fine and and something happened and i lost it and i can't find it so i've got to buy a new one and i don't know if i should just buy the same one that i've got which has five stars and 1400 reviews and is 35 bucks or if there's something else that's better i don't need a laser pointer i won't be pointing at anyone or anything with a laser yeah this almost feels like where we got with digital clocks where there was a time when having an actual digital clock, not just the kind with little tiles that flip over and go chick chuck, right? But like you would get a digital clock, like for, on your for your bedroom, and it was like it was it was great. But it was like the controls for that thing were essentially like up to change, like the mode that changes the time, and you only had up. You couldn't go back. You'd have to go around the horn if you missed it. You would have an alarm and maybe a radio, mm-hmm. but that was pretty much mm-hmm. it. Then they added. They added, of course, you get snooze. <clears throat> you start getting like, okay, you could have alarm or radio, or you could have alarm one radio, alarm two radio, all that stuff. You start getting the automatic adjustments, all that stuff. And, you know, to quote uh, John Sarkisa on your hypercritical show, you know, it becomes worse and more diverse. <clears throat> and I kind of feel that way. So, like, for example, I, I finally unplugged our alarm clock like last month. Yeah. Because we do everything through an Amazon spot. So that that's our radio. We just talk to it and tell it to play KQED. If we need to set an alarm, we can. But like that, I've, I've told you about this. That one that I had, it was covered with gaffer's tape. I had gaffer's tape all over this thing because there were dials, buttons, and modal activity things on the top of this where one's large hammy fist would slam at it in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So I had to, I, it was like, I was, I was like, I don't know, going to some small war in a boat. I had to like, I taped down all kinds of stuff on this thing. So nothing would ever move. And eventually it got to be where we were just using it for a clock. Why do I say that? Because I feel like the one you're talking about, which I've had two of, uh, is good. And I think it does more than I need. My problem with some of these is, Let's go straight back to the Dodge. It stops being a no-look piece of hardware. Right. I'm looking at one here. Jesus Christ. I never buy the one that's sponsored if I can avoid it. Yes. Because that usually means it's it's a jam up. Yeah. The ZETZ wireless presenter remote control with USB and laser pointer powerful and ergonomic PPT clicker easy to use for Microsoft PowerPoint presentations excel in interaction with crowd. Yes. Interaction with crowd. Yes. Look at that thing. Tell me what that does. I don't know. Holy I can't tell. God. I can't it, figure it's it out. like something you'd use with your PlayStation 4. <laughs> uh, use right shoulder button to what? I mean, basically what I want out of this, what I need out of this, what I want, I would want a, a controller that I can't screw up. Yeah. Where like, I mean, like. I wouldn't mind a, minimum, for, a forward button, a back button. And um, yeah, they, they, they might have like a play button to let it go automated well, that I wouldn't want to it depends on what your presentation is, right? Yeah. I mean, some of these are so over-engineered for what a normal person needs. I'm looking at some of these that have what you really need, which is a forward button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really yeah. – if you want a back button, that's cool if you accidentally you know, advance too far. But like I would want a nice clicky report mm-hmm. when I click on mm-hmm. it. Um, but um, Now listen, listen always, Merlin, Logitech makes – for. 
damn near a hundred bucks. Ninety nine ninety two. Spotlight presentation remote with Bluetooth slate. Yes. Yeah. Look at that. That's pretty handsome. I'm just. It like, looks like that has a blackout, a f- giant forward, and a tiny back. Yeah. I think that might be that might be your candidate. I mean, right it's there. It, then there, but then there's like an eighteen dollar one. You know, but then I started thinking, well. Here you go. It's going to be the 30-second belt all over again. I know. I know. And then also, I'm like, well, do I really want to have a Bluetooth, I mean, uh, a USB-C to USB adapter dongle that I then have to buy and then Mm -hmm. hook up this stupid dongle to it and make sure that that's working or... Yeah, I don't don't know. I mean, the nice thing about the Logitech also is that... I was going to say it's like a TiVo. Much, much, some of these are more like TiVo in terms of how it would fit in your hand. But what I like, I mean, again, back to John Syracuse. The nice thing about a TiVo remote is after a week and a half of using a TiVo remote, you kind of don't have to look at it again. Like, you know where to hit everything on there because it has not tried to make a tidy grid. It's not a grid. It, instead, it accommodates the human hand, and it knows that when you're holding it in this part of your hand, your thumb will be get a, accustomed to wherever it needs to go because it's not having to kind of go up and down, over two, down three, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Whereas like every remote I've got now, like the remote for our LG, is it, it's logically designed, but it's a lot like the layout of my neighborhood, the layout of the sunset. <laughs> Before, well, here's the thing. Um, there are seven very large hills in San Francisco. And then there's the, the smaller hills. But basically, it's a very, very hilly city. Um, and it would make a lot of sense to lay out the streets. Like, you know, if you had to climb a mountain, would you go straight up the side of a mountain or would you go around in a circular fashion? Well, you know, an intelligent person would say, well, let's lay this out so the roads don't have to go at a 20-degree grade. But they didn't. No, they dropped a giant grid on the entire western part of San Francisco, and it does not make an ounce of sense. There's like one, like 20th Avenue is the bike lane because that overall has the fewest hills. But we've got the, the incline out on the streets that I live on. It'll take the wind out of you. Why? Because they thought it was pretty to put a grid on top of something that was actually very uh, had very rugged, high terrain. That's what happens with a remote. You try to make it look pretty and put all the stuff in rows. Well, you know what rows means? Rows means you have to look. That's a visual interface. It's visually satisfying to see horizontally and vertically aligned things. But... Do you want to have to look at your remote, whether you're doing a presentation or using the TV? I mean, what are the things you really use on a TV? You use play, pause, volume, the channel changer. I mean, those are so far and away more important than everything else. Do the number buttons need to be the same size and in a sa- the same kind of location? No. So that's why I like this uh, Logitech one. It's like a big uh, pack of gum with three buttons, and the largest, easiest to find indented button is a, pl- is a forward advance mm-hmm. button. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's early. I don't Super know, dude. Early. That's a lot that's a lot of money though. It's a lot of money. No, I mean and and Bluetooth. The, the red one, which is the sexy one, is ninety nine bucks. The s- silver one with the black button mm. is ninety two, but that's a lot. Yeah, I don't. I think some of these look super over engineered. Who's ever used it? And you know, like the thing is also. I mean, maybe I'm just I just drink too much coffee. But like, whenever I do use a laser pointer. It's from a distance, so it looks like I'm trying to like scope somebody in a video game, and it's real shaky. <laughs> and I'm trying to make a circle, and it turns into a, like an oval, and it's just like, oh, is he okay? <laughs> and see, on this part, our net net losses have included the. Uh, well, the thing is, I need this. Like, I need it for early next week, and so I can't. Like, I can't dilly dally. I got to get this thing. 
You know what you got to do? You, you got to buy two or three. No. Mm-hmm. Or, or you could go to like a Best Buy and try them, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I know, right? Ugh. Think of all the people that have touched that remote. Ooh. Think those people wash their hands? No. No. no they just kind of came out of Auntie Annie's pet pretzels. And no, but now put, you're, you, the more I think about it, the more I feel like it has to be Bluetooth now. Oh, did what? you? Oh, because of all the, the dongle, dongle issues. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you know that hmm. this is the... Uh, this is the one that they use the preferred presentation remote of Ted. Oh, which the Logitech spotlight, the $99 million one. Wow. It says right here, the preferred presentation remote of Ted. That sounds like a biz dev deal. Put huh, in, put I'll be horn swoggled. Hey, yeah, look at that. Hey Dan, um, would you tell me about something you like? <laughs> sure. I would like to tell you about speak. Speaking of, of giving presentations and mm-hmm. going places, I'll tell you about a way. Away. 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 Away makes what I think are probably the best uh, carry-ons that you could could probably ever find anywhere. This is the thing. So there were were two friends. They were from New York. They were uh, at JFK. And for whatever reason, they had dead phones. They had delayed flights. And they're sitting there. And in there, I'm only assuming that they were filled with uh, fury, like Al Pacino in... um, and where's a movie where he plays the the devil? What's that one called? Oh, it's that uh, the devil inside. Devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. Is that the one with Keanu Reeves? Yes. Yes. So I think they're they're sitting there. These two guys are sitting there. They're stranded. They're feeling rage, like Al Pacino. They're going crazy, and they're like, "We need to fix this situation. We're not the only people who've been delayed. We're not the only people who have dead phones and are delayed." And so what they said is, they said, "You know what? We're going to make a carry on." That solves these problems, that makes it so that if you need to charge your phone, your device, your iPad, whatever it is, that we will have a built-in charger in the carry-on, right in the carry-on. And this is what they did, but they didn't just say that's all. That's all. It's just going to be a regular carry-on. You can just charge your phone. It's crazy. So what they did is they said, we're going to make this super light. We're going to make it super strong. We're going to solve all these old problems of like, well, what about the wheels getting stuck? We're going to fix that. And they did, and they fixed all of this. So they made it out of German polycarbonate, which is super strong. It's impact resistance, and it's basically weightless. Uh, They have interior. They came up with a compression system, which I love. I'm a big – I love packing. I love the science of packing and packing efficiently. They make this really easy with their compression system so that what happens is you go on the trip and you always wind up with more stuff coming back or it's just not packed as well when you're coming back as when you're on your way out. This compression system alleviates the stress or the problem of that. It helps you tighten everything down. You cinch it down. It takes up less space. They've got the 360-degree spinner wheels that Merlin requires on his carry-ons. 100%. you never t- go back. Once you get them, you I never know, go you back. You can't go back. They have. You a, feel like an animal. You're like you're like a peg leg or something. Like it's not who, who's going to have one. You might want you to have one wheel. I want to just stand yourself. Half the time I stand there and I'll just walk. Get yourself a unisuit case. and I'll keep the bag. I'll keep the carrion upright next to me as I'm walking, and uh, it's not even behind me. And my shoulders are saved the strain and the stress that they've got. It's got a built-in TSA proof combo lock on the top of it, so you don't have to. Where's my lock? It's built in. That's where it is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a built-in, a removable but built-in washable laundry bag. So when you get your dirty clothes, you put them in there, keep it separate. Anyway, they've mm-hmm. got uh, both sides sizes of the carry-on can charge your cell phones, the tablets, e-readers, whatever. 
and uh, and and so people have written into me with serious concern, saying, "I want to get this away, but I'm I'm not sure. Will it work for my iPhone? Will it charge my iPhone enough?" And my answer is yes. It it's it will charge an iPhone five times when one yeah. charge of the away carry on. It's a big ass battery. Lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, I'll replace it or re- fix it for for life. They also have a hundred day trial. They actually say get this thing and don't just like wheel it around in the carpet of your house. Take it on a trip with you. Travel uh. with it. Try it. And if in a hundred days you're not happy, uh, it's a, you get a full refund. No okay. questions asked. Uh, can I ask a point of information? Yes. Go ahead. Call her. Okay, uh, based on information, I, I feel like, so they sent me one of these, and first of all, I love it. I've taken it all over this great nation of ours. Uh, um, it's great. Second of all, my stupid daughter has basically stolen it from me. <laughs> she said, now this is mine, because she likes to be able to charge things. She thinks that's, thinks that's really baller. It is. It's extremely cool. Okay, third, am I to believe now that you no longer have to unscrew the battery to take it out? Is it correct that you now just to kind of eject the battery if you need to take it out. Is that accurate? Uh, yes, you can do that. Like the one I've got, it's cool. It's not difficult. But basically, you remove a couple screws. Because, you know, some of these airlines now have different rules they do. about what you're allowed to check, what you can put in. And I think there was a little bit of panic at one time. Like, oh, my God, I bought this Casa suitcase. What's going to happen? Well, don't worry. You can always take it out. But now I'm told, basically, it says, and there's even a, think, I think there's a retrofit kit where I could go to the Away store here in uh, fancy San Francisco, and they could actually retrofit it with the ejecty kind. But do, do you have one of the ejecty ones? I do not have one of the ejecting ones, but I've been... Okay, I want one. The, I want one. The I new, want these jackals to send me one, because I've been a very good boy, and now my daughter took mine away, and I want an ejecty boy. I'll tell, I'll tell them. I want one, too. Could you pass that along, please? Yes, and uh, but they, they have it on their website now. It says the carry-ons have an ejectable battery. That's that so can try, Because, like you said, there are airlines that... And it's not that they have a problem with your suitcase or carry-on having a charger in it it's that if you i guess for there is the way airlines work my understanding is in theory for any reason for an unknown reason they might have to say we need to put your bag in the uh, in the bottom of the airplane even if it's a carry-on well, size all the time bag. on small flights right people because people these jackals don't want to check their luggage and so they have a carry-on. But the carry-on's but like really big or really heavy and gate, it gets full. You, you, see the, you see that in the terminal, you see the gate is full and you're like, you know there's going to be so many green tags flying all over the place mm-hmm. and it's going to slow everybody down. Yep. And then I'm going to miss my flight because all these jackals are waiting for their stupid suitcase. Totally understandable. But I, I also just want to make sure, I really want to make sure you, the listener, understand. I, I, I can't put an exact uh, personal okie-dokie on the five times, but I can tell you that like I've never, I don't think I've run out of battery on this thing. When I've been doing day to day charging, they do say you can do an iPhone five times. Also, mine has two ports on it, including a, like a faster, more powerful port. Mm. So if you want to do up your iPad, it'll actually uh, charge it faster. It's a, it's a, it's really well thought out. This is not some kind of just they didn't just slap this thing on. No. Like they, they've thought about this. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the, these are great bags, and the way the, the way that this works is you can uh, you can get one of these things to try for a hundred days. It's free shipping if you're within the lower 48 states. The carry-on sizes are compliant with all the major U.S. airlines, uh, and uh, and they have a retail store. They've got retail stores open. Do we have one here? You have one there? I think there's at least two. I, I know they got one, one in New York, and, and I think there's one here. Anyway, go to awaytravel.com slash back to work awaytravel.com slash back to work. It'll support the show. When you're ready to buy something there, use the code back to work 
and you'll get $20 off a suitcase. Hmm. That's a good deal. So That's go check it deal. out. Awaytravel.com slash back to work. And uh, back to work is a promo code for 20 bucks off. Thanks very much to Away for making this show possible. Buck, buck. <clears throat> Boy, that's a lot of percent. They got uh, store. Oh, cock a doodle doo. Hmm. They got stores in New York City, uh, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Austin, and uh, yeah, O'Hare, which I assume is the Chicago here. airport. Yeah, look at that. Oh, suitcases in an airport. That's smart. That's smart. Let's put it right there. I don't even need a reason. I don't even need a reason. Yeah, the Austin oh, so one is in the domain, north side, the new area of the domain. So uh, go check it out. Northside has it all. That's where the Apple Store is now, the big yeah. Apple Store and the big new, Apple, the new restaurants. Mm-hmm. Oh, Apple Store. Next time oh, you're here nice. in Austin, I'll take you to Austin Books and Comics, and then uh, yes. we'll spend, spend the rest of your trip inside the Apple Store just helping people. I'm glad you mentioned that, because I want to say you should go to Austin Books and Comics, because the Fantastic Four is back. Did you read it? Have you gotten it? Picked it up and yeah, read it? Yeah, I did. Is it I great? Did. It made me so happy. Well, you know, it's Dan Slott and Sarah Pacelli. What do you say? I mean, like, and it's it's really fun and sweet. And, like, so, I mean, there's a lot of levels to this for me. The one level is, like, before I even read this, as soon as I heard the announcement, I was glad. Because Marvel's a mess. You know about, you know about the guy that runs that joint, that Pearl Muter guy? You know that guy's a nut, right? Now, what's he up to? What is he doing? Oh, he's running the VA for Trump. Here, let's let's do a search on this. How can wait? The Marvel yeah. guy is doing that. Oh yeah, the guy the guy who runs Marvel's a lunatic. Um, he is nuts. Ike Perlmuter has been secretly advising the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, you should go read it for yourself. This guy's a nut. Supposedly, this is the guy. When the call came down. The unofficial call, the, the open public secret that's not very secret that we all know, which is that Marvel was good. Marvel's good and steamed about their dumb decisions from the 90s. They're sorry that they sold off the rights to some of their coolest stuff to other people in a fire sale mm-hmm. 20 years ago, whatever it was. So, and this is very boring. We've talked about this before, but there's a reason there's not like, the, there's a reason that Deadpool and X Men uh, and Wolverine are all, you know, uh, Fox things versus the avengers and it's it's all so confusing you can use black widow but you can't use wanda it's there's this quicksilver and there's that quicksilver because there's all these rules governing who's allowed to do what and be in what right they have a lot of fun with this in deadpool and deadpool 2 very actually very funny movies but they have a lot of fun with these uh with you know why are people here why are people not here um and supposedly that comes down to this guy this is the guy this meter guy is the one who said he put the official kibosh and said fine screw it we'll just stop making we'll just stop putting out the classic series of comics that we don't have the ip on for movies so that's why the the comic the first family of comics that kicked off the entire marvel age that saved stan lee's career right that saved marvel stan lee this is stan lee's last shot he said, that it, that's it. I'm done with funny books. I, these superhero things are going nowhere. And it's supposedly, third supposedly. His wife said to him, why don't you try one more time? He said, well, you know, this Justice League thing is doing pretty well for DC. Maybe I should try something like that. And he had a, a, a kid you might have heard of named uh, Jack Kirby. 1961, they put out the Fantastic Four. And, you know, you would not have your Spider's Men. You would not have your Thors. You would not have any of that stuff if it weren't for the Fantastic Four. So it, it's nice to have them back, but it's also, it's... 
you know, through the Hickman stuff, through the Fraction stuff, through all the recent years, like, it's been a really, it's been a sweet family comic. It's kind of always what it's been. It's been an optimistic comic about trying to find the best in ourselves and in our uh, affiliations with each other. And as much as, like, Johnny and Ben grind each other's gears on purpose all the time, there's a real love. And if you really comes through in the Hickman ones, you'll cry your, cry your eyes out. But uh, I'm a big fan of the Fantastic Four. It's one of my favorites of all time, and I'm glad to have them back. And I'm very excited with where they're going um, in the new comic. It's out now. I'll go check it out. I, I always I liked uh, the fa- – I was never – I was never like a big Fantastic Four. It's, it's kind of dorky. Fan. It's always been a dorky comic. But Fantastic Four is where so many of our favorites come from. Like, I mean, I always know. love Ben Grimm. I love the thing. Oh, uh, he was my favorite. He was always my favorite too. Absolutely. I, the Marvel two in ones would be so great. It would be like him fighting the Hulk. Oh, or, that you know, one him of him Thor. fighting the Hulk was a, such a great, fun classic because you know you always you always say, well, who who's stronger? Of course, the Hulk's stronger, well, but that doesn't Hulk's mean he'll yeah. he'll he'll uh, necessarily be saying, the better I get it. fighter. And so there, you know, and and the Hulk. Here's the thing about the Hulk. Mm-hmm. When they always there's always that age old question of like. Who's stronger, the Hulk or Superman? But what the real the real question is, uh, who would win in a fight, Hulk or Superman? Mm-hmm. And they often say, well, Hulk's strength is unlimited, but he has to get essentially unlimited anger before he gets to that point of being that strong. His his just strength, like us. just like us. He only he can only really tap into his true power when he's really pissed off. That's right. And so mm-hmm. he he has to get you know angrier Hulk get stronger Hulk get. Yeah. And so so he need to get angry before he get angry enough. I mean, uh, strong enough to fight you're saying Superman. Ben Grimm get in early. Ben Grimm get in early before That's anger, right. anger boil. That's right. He beat Hulk. He beat Hulk. And so Superman <laughs> has these um these st- stops that he puts in to prevent himself from, you know, crushing the the can of Coke that he's drinking or whatever. And yeah. uh and and With so great power comes great control. He can remove those, I guess, some mental blocks or whatever they are. He can remove them very easily. And so he could be at full strength almost instantly and almost instantly as a very trained fighter, you know, take the Hulk out in that in that way. So sorry, Hulk. You you will lose. I don't want that to be the case. I want Hulk to win because I want Marvel to defeat all of anything from DC. Always. But then, oh, have you heard? Fuck. Have you seen the new Sh- uh, Shazam movie? Oh, it looks funny. It looks it real looks funny. Like f- it looks like a fan parody. Yeah, it really does. So the story with Shazam, aka Captain Marvel, also yeah. owned by DC, um, apparently Pretty confusing. Yeah, he was he was always known as Captain Marvel. I read the whole. I saw there's this guy that did a, a great YouTube. I'll have to dig it up, uh, but he did a great YouTube explaining like why Captain Marvel is called Shazam and no longer called Captain Marvel and who owned Captain Marvel and why it's not Marvel, but now it is Marvel. And that's why Marvel periodically has to come out with a Captain Marvel character oh, or movie. Yeah, it's just oh, it's a whole thing. But you got Ms. Marvel. It's, eh, I wonder if it's a little bit like Captain that. Captain Marvel now. Hmm? It's not Ms. Marvel anymore. It's Captain Marvel. Well, now there's a different Ms. Marvel. There is? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Ms. Marvel is... Um, the yeah, cool the, the, like, like Muslim girl. Yeah, and she can change her size. She's got big hands. She's got big hands. <laughs> right. And then she's Captain cool. Marvel is not Carol Danvers anymore, but it's someone else. Or can is I send it you Carol? an image of the biggest spoiler in this <laughs> issue since you're probably not going to read it? I'll read it, but yeah, send it to me anyway. Oh, I don't want to spoil nah, it. Nah, send you. it to me anyway. It's exactly at halfway through, but I, I have this is going to be my iPad uh, lock screen because it makes me so happy. How great is Sarah Pacelli? 
Oh, I like that. Look at that. Look That's at that style. Awesome. Look at the way he's drawing. Man. Yeah. That they've been, is they've been, awesome. They've been dating since 1962. <laughs> it's, long, about, it's, it's about, about time. Wait. <laughs> oh, Marvel. You magnificent bastards. Um, so, and, yeah, and I like the story. Uh, there's lots of interesting stuff in it. You know, yeah, there's no point in talking about comics because the people who don't like it don't like it, and the people who do disagree with you. But this makes me happy. Um, so, anyway, I just want to mention that. That's out. I asked two cats to hold me some copies. Yeah. I should see. I don't know if there's a baby cover. I want to see if there's a baby cover. Oh, a Scotty. Uh, Scotty. There is Young? a one page. There is a one page. There's there's a, a backup. What do they call it? Like a backup story? What do they call like? There's a very involving a. Yeah, I know what you're talking. I don't know what the name of that is. Well, there's there's like a pretty long. This is like a 44 page issue. There's a. Um, uh, I think it's called a backup story uh, involving their great nemesis which is really good and really different and there's a one page scotty young thing you, the great nemesis end. meaning doom maybe okay maybe okay yes yes and there's a really good one page uh scotty young thing with uh impossible man impossible man is cool <laughs> he's, he's funny <laughs> he's funny anyways is there a scotty young baby cover let's find out fantastic for do, do you guys did you do your, your your kids did you guys read the oz books Scotty Young Oz books? Um, no, no, we haven't. I know those. Your though, kid, a friend of mine your daughter them. might still be in the window. Yeah. Um, I have to say, it, they are amongst the most enduring books. They've really held up over time. For it's, that, that's part of the my wife and daughter series. There's some books that she and I read together. That some that the two of them read together. But the uh, the Scotty, go look, go look, uh, Scotty Young Oz. If you like Scotty Young, and I hope you, do. I remember his stuff. That was real. That 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 particular. Um book was always super impressive the covers were awesome yeah there's a whole there's several of them yeah look at the just google scotty young oz and look at those images impossible man look at those look at scotty yeah, young I'm, oz. Looking. I'm looking look at that Isn't that beautiful mama called me button bright because i was bright as a button yeah maybe she'll yeah. get into that i don't know she's what what would you say the target age of that is um younger than our 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 10 year old she's she's about seven Oh, I think she might like it. Right. When she's, she's very ready, into she these the- these um, stupid. They're like ponies or something with like a rainbow tattoo on the side of them. They can. They're all different. They all have powers. And do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Of course I do. What is that called? It's called a cutie mark. No, I mean, what my, is the the pony? My little pony. That's my little pony now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the cutie marks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can suggest. If you get too deep into the ponyverse, you lose your mind. It's like looking into the abyss. No, I, I don't. I don't watch that. We have a rule that she cannot well, have that on at dinner. There's one where they turn into girls and go to high school, and it's pretty good. <laughs> okay, they go to Canterlot, Canterlot High School, <laughs> and um, what's the name of that one? There's a couple of them. The songs are really good. Uh, My Little Pony High School. <laughs> my search history it's just me it's just, oh the equestria girls that's it equestria girls yeah i think she mentioned something about that it's pretty amusing um it's not as funny as the barbie show on netflix but it's it's pretty funny equestria girls uh and what's the song the cafeteria song yeah that's the one i like helping twilight sparkle win the crown you ever read an ambush bug comic nope nope, nope. Ambush bug. Ambush bug. Did you see the trailer for uh, Deadly Class? 
No, no, haven't. Holy crap. Um, I will send this to you. Let's watch this after the show. I'm curious to get your take on this. This is an image comic from a few years ago. Looks pretty good. Okay, enough of this wallowing in hypocrisy. Um, Quick follow-up. I don't know if you have any uh, big follow-ups on these. I was uh, Sometimes I'm inundated by friend of the show, JXPX1138, because he's got a lot of good stuff to say. He sent me a whole bunch of links to great camping equipment. He and his lady friend, uh, I think he and Ann Margaret are like pretty serious uh, power campers. He has like a titanium stove and stuff. He sent me a link to something you can see in the show notes. Um, Arcade Belts is the brand that he recommends, and he likes the Guide Belt. So if you can see in notes, if anybody's interested in still on the belt hunt, I got one of these in my Bastic. I'm probably going to get one of these. He says this is a really good one. It's like really lightweight and tough. Arcade guide. Arcade, yeah. And there, there, we had so many recommendations for belts in email and on Twitter. <laughs> I had no idea there was so much belt culture. Yeah, I didn't out know there. this was like a. This is apparently this is a a thing that that people uh, care a lot about. Belt life. And uh, some of the some of the belts they vary in price from about thirty dollars up to about a hundred dollars, but it seems like they top out right at a hundred bucks. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's. I mean, that's. You think about what people pay for one pair of shoes mm-hmm. that they wear for a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's it's only crazy. It's like you know, it's a freakonomics kind of thing. Where like, if you really think about it, if it, I could think of a belt that's worth a hundred dollars, people pay that for a bottle of wine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, freakonomics. Okay, Scotty Young, I'll find out about that cover. Uh, what else did I have here? JXPX, uh, Fantastic Four. Oh, can I can I um, uh, talk about something? Yeah. Of course. Did, did, what time is it? Oh, geez, I'm sorry. No, talk hey. about it. I have to now. I have to hear it. Well, should I ask you about something you like? Yeah, let me tell you. You know what? I want to tell you about it. We have a new sponsor. It's called Kite. 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 And I have the read right here. I would like to to tell you guys about it. <laughs> Cockadoodle do. I know. Bring it. Okay, so here's here. I'm just first. I'm going to lay down some facts that they've sent over. Here's Love here's facts. some facts. They say that by 2025, 75 percent of the workforce will be millennials. Now, so what does this mean for the workforce? It means they have very high, and I, I think I agree with a lot of this, high expectations of technology and the concept that a lot of the technology that we use in, in business, it falls short of what is out there in consumer technology. In other words, the cool stuff that we use in our personal life is not mirrored in what we have to use at work or for work. And I think I think that's a fascinating concept when you think about it. And this is one of the things that, that they wanted to change and to make better. And they understand. They're like, okay, everyone's using things like Slack, right? Everyone's using Slack. Well, why not build tools within Slack that help people get and deliver the right kind of information? So that's what Kite is all about. They spell it with two I's, K-I-I-T-E. It is a 24-7 AI-powered chatbot. It hmm. sits within your existing chat application, like they use Slack as the example, because that's what we all use these days, and it delivers the right information to the right person at the right time. So this allows your employees to get the information that they need, whether they're doing research, whether they're doing development, whether they're answering tech support, whatever it is, the information is there and it makes it incredible. It's really, really smart. I watched, they made a video for me to try to watch and then I got to try it out. This is really smart. And this is one of those things that it works. It just works. It works with Slack. It works in Skype for business. Like you name it, it works. It works in mobile. It's easy to use. It plugs into data sources and delivers 
answers. Okay, so it's not just giving you, oh, here's a document. It actually gives you answers. And and I'm not even sure how they do this because it seems kind of like when you watch it, it seems kind of impossible at how it does it. But it's right there. It's sitting in chat. When you need to get an answer for something, it gets the answer. It stays up to date as the data sources change. All of this stuff is real. And here's some other cool things, okay? Like if you're thinking about how would you use this. Sales teams, they can use it to improve their sales cycle. How? Because now you know that your sales agents who are answering questions, they're going to have the right information. They're going to come across as more competent, right? The same thing for marketing. Marketing teams can use this to keep the, 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 a consistent message across the board, right? So Because now you have one single source of truth so that anyone can now help out with those kinds of things. It's very, very cool. You kind of need to see it to really get an idea. Like I can talk to you about it, but I was super impressed uh, when I took a look at this thing. And uh, and I, I think you will be too. If you ever have people that you're like, I want to make sure people understand the right stuff or have the right information, you need to go check this out. So here's the, the URL is kite, K-I-I-T-E, kite.ai. It's a, I, it's a new one for me. I've never seen me. a day. Slash back to work. Kite, K-I-I-T-E dot A-I slash back to work. Watch their video that they have there. It's really cool. And even if you have a small company, maybe it's even more important if you have a small company, uh, but especially for medium and bigger size companies, this is something that's a really valuable tool that has answers. I think there's probably people using it uh, for support and for other things like that. So go check this out. And we appreciate them as a new sponsor. If this sounds interesting to you, uh, go check it out. Kite.ai slash back to work. Two eyes. Two eyes. The, I the I better to see AI. you with. <laughs> <laughs> that should be, you know what? They can have that. They I can I. use that. They can use that. For, you, what you're saying, they come in hot, fr- hot and fresh like a bun. They come in, they're a new sponsor, and you're already giving them freebies. I mean, they could, why not? Give them something mm-hmm. to, 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 to take home. It's going to be hard to employ all these millenniums. You know, they got their avocado toast and their, and their housing needs. It's very important. And you give them something catchy. You say, I and I, I and I love artificial intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's what we want to do. Uh, this is going to be a strange digression. I'll try to make it quick. Um, this is going to be one of those things where I chain a lot of things together that don't make too much sense. Um, uh, th- this will end with a recommendation okay. for a free service that is so baller. Before I get there, I just want to do a little bit of uh, previously on Back to Work. Um, I really love libraries. I love libraries as buildings. I love libraries as services. I love libraries as a community center. Um, so what I'm going to recommend is that if you also love libraries, here's some links for you. They're all in show notes. Um, there was a real dingling article that went up on the Forbes site a few weeks ago. I don't know if you remember this getting tossed around. But this dingling guy wrote this article and uh, has since been pulled. But it says Amazon should replace local libraries to save taxpayers money. And this guy had this really, really poor essay about how um, – how he th- he thinks that meh, libraries are a real drag. Really? Wouldn't it be better if we replaced libraries with Amazon stores? And I want you to just kind of sit with that for a minute. And he made a very unlucid case for this. Uh, there's a several turns outs. Uh, what turns out, one of the turns outs, first of all, everybody, especially library professionals, freaked when they read this. They're like, oh my God. 
you're so dumb you're not even stupid like this is you have no idea what you're talking about like this is this is wrong on so many levels there's just an octopus couldn't find all the handles on this bad suitcase <laughs> such a dumb article it's it after that it emerged that he had was part of some program with forbes where he pays $1,400 a year to post his essays on their site. He has, he has this book about the golden rules of classical thinking or something, and he's just, a, he's just a classic homemade dingling. But it did provoke a lot of us who are fans of libraries for all the right reasons, right? You're a fan because like, if you're a little kid and you're hungry for books and maybe you don't have all the money, maybe you live in, the, in some far-flung region, but man, a branch library changes your game. Put your little kid – listen – Listen, listen. If you're one of those monsters that wants to have children, please learn about preliteracy. Here's preliteracy in a nutshell. Long before your child ever even begins to think about learning to read, it will help for them to have aspects of what's called preliteracy. I thought that sounded a little bit like BS, even though I love books and I wanted a child that reads more than just about anything, and I got it. Preliteracy means you put your kids around books. You read to them. You have them play with books. Long before they read, having them understand that books are part of life, that words are part of life. It's not just books. Mm -hmm. But getting them in front of lots of words. Kids who are exposed to more words before uh, they're even um, – well, I don't know the exact – I don't have the paper in front of me. But it is believed uh, the corollary, kids who are not around books and lots of words tend to have smaller vocabularies. Getting your kids around books is a great thing. Set them loose in the library. Let them run the place. Let them check out books they should shouldn't check out let them my daughter used to love checking out world war one books and i was like fine all i care about is like you got books in your hand i don't even care if you read all the books turns out i just love libraries i love libraries as a as a court of last resort for what we have in society libraries have bathrooms libraries have dvds and so uh, a couple links here one i put in a i don't usually do this but i put in a link to a, a fairly recent episode of dubai friday where the three of us went off on this guy this dingling and his article and talked about that i also put in a link to a podcast i did in 2015 i guested on a podcast called circulating ideas which is a podcast a friend of mine does about library stuff and i talked about how much i love libraries so if you want to hear me talk at length about how and why i love libraries and i think they're worth defending uh, I think this is important. I really do. It, it sounds like a silly thing in the midst of all these other very important things, but I think we need to remember that libraries are more than libraries. So that's all in show notes. Dan, where will people find show notes for episode 387 of your Back to Work show? They can go to 5x5.tv slash B is in brothers, 2 is in the number, W is in walrus slash 387. And so what I want to do is now I want to remind you, when I say a library is more than a library – Let's, let's start at the base level. Like, if you, you, if you can get a library card, and most people can get a library card, it's free, as far as I know. I mean, you know, it's a Ben Franklin type situation. You get a library. It's a lending library. You can go in and read books. You can go in and find books on the shelves. You can go in and read recent uh, issues of magazines and newspapers for free. You can use computers in the library. You can go to a human being who has a college degree and ask them a question about something you don't know anything about. And they will be able to take the entire world of information and show you a couple doors that you might want to walk through so you don't have to look at all the information in the world. They're great aggregators and Sherpas of information. That's all valuable. Let's talk about the stuff. Let's say you hate libraries. You don't like the way they smell. Maybe you don't like people poop in there. Whatever it is, you don't like, you don't like the building. <laughs> I want to remind you that with your library card, chances are – now, I'm super lucky because SFPL is a good system. But like regardless of the system, there's probably a pretty good chance that there are services you do not even know about at your library. And I'm, one of these I'm going to re-mention because I talked about it before. 
But most let's let's take this layers of the stack. First of all, you get the books level of the stack. Now, most let's go to the next level. In the case of uh, the SFPL and lots of other uh, libraries, San Francisco Public Library, you, there's a website you can go to, and it's a pretty standardized. I think there's a fairly standardized, like off-the-shelf system that most libraries can employ that will suck up all the contents of their library. You can go onto that website. You can do a search. And chances are you will be able to request a book to be delivered to your branch library that you can then go and pick up. That's, I think that's pretty amazing. I use that all the time. I have a plugin for uh, Chrome that lets me go to any Amazon page and request a book from that page just while I'm on it. That's a nice thing to have. So mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's go to that level. you got the books. Something that I'm very new to. Then let's go to the next level up. Did you know how much media is available at your library electronically? Well, you might know that you could request DVDs. You can get DVDs off the shelf. You can probably get VHS tapes. I don't know. But you could go in and get a hard copy of all those things. Now let's, let's come almost up to date with something I mentioned a few weeks ago that I want to mention again because I'm still using it and it's so goddamn powerful. It'll blow your mind. So <clears throat> one system that is popular for the loaning of ebooks is a system called Overdrive that's been around for a while. And Overdrive, like I say, it's another one of these off-the-shelf systems that a lot of libraries use. And basically, you go in and you get an account, you put in the credentials for your library card because it all these systems all mostly just work together. And Overdrive was like an okay, good app. It wasn't real pretty, but you could go in and you could check out an ebook. How even does that work? Well, I don't know the business arrangements, but what that means is you can go in and say, I would like this book, please. And if it's available, you could read it right there. Or with just a little bit of pokery jiggery, you hook it up with your Kindle. You hook it up with your iPad. And what I'm getting to eventually is that that's a pretty sweet solution for being able to read a book. Now, Overdrive has since offered a new app that I really highly recommend. This is in show notes. It is an app called Libby. And Libby makes it trivially easy to open an app, do a search for an ebook, click, and guess what? It gets sent directly to your Kindle. It's really that simple. You do not even have to go to the library. That seems insane. It's insane. Now, here's the policy, at least with SFPL, is that any book you get, you get for three weeks. So let's say you want to you go in and find this book on meditation. If it's available, you click a button, and pretty much by the time you pick up your Kindle or other reading device, it will already be on there. And after three weeks, it just disappears. It'll just say, hey, you don't have this checked out anymore. It's that simple. You don't, there's nothing to it. There's not, there's not any like font DA mover that you have to deal with. You click a goddamn button and you've got an ebook for free on your device. It is that easy. Libby makes this very simple to do, very easy to manage. And if in this ma- imaginary fake economy, uh, that book is quote unquote checked out because of the business reasons, you put a hold on it, right? And so guess what? As soon as the business reasons allow that to be available to you, it just appears on your Kindle, and that's all, all there is to it. Magic. So we've talked about this. I've said all this before. Would you believe that this gets even better? That there's actually no. something even I'm more gonna, mind-blowing I'm gonna say, to this? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yeah, this is a red herring. I want you to go to canopy.com. This is K-A-N-O-P-Y.com. Okay, I'm going. So imagine everything I just described with Libby and with Overdrive. Mm. So it used, to, it used to be you could go in, you could say, okay, I'd like to get this book on my Kindle. It, you know, is it available? Can I watch it? Well, you know, uh, uh. canopy. Are you seeing this? I'm looking at this, and I'm I'm not sure if this is what it seems to be. It is. You go to knopy.com. dot com. You get an account, and then you enter in the credentials for your library book. You now have the ability to check out any of 
30,000 films. Well, check out, excuse me, let me fix my language. There are 30,000 films in Canopy that you can stream to your iPad, your Apple TV, anything you want for free. And you get eight a month. You can watch eight movies a month. They have the great courses. They have the Criterion Collection. They have all of this stuff. Now, why do we need libraries? We don't need libraries. We only need Amazon. Okay. Well, by the same logic, uh, we don't, we don't need libraries anymore because we have Netflix. Well, not everybody can afford Netflix, but, but imagine now a little kid could go in here and check out a book on cognitive behavior, check out, a, watch a movie on cognitive behavioral therapy by clicking a button. That's all you have to do. There is no muscle fuss, like I say, no Fontier mover required. All you do, in my case, I, I put in the credentials on my Apple TV and on my iPad, and I was watching a documentary about of Montreal yesterday afternoon with one click. That's, That's fascinating. Literally all there is to it. And you get a watch list, so if there are movies you might want to watch in the future, you throw them into your pile, and anytime you can stream that for free. Donnie Darko, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I mean, these are real movies. Eight and a half. I am not your Negro. Yeah, I saw Donnie um, Darko fly by in that. Yep. That was pretty yep. cool. So, anyways, this is just part of it. I'm the, the, the pill that I'm trying to slip in with sugar here is that, yeah, libraries are pretty cool, and it's about a lot more than old books. Um, but the sugar for that pill is really explore what is available at your library. S- spend some time on the probably terrible website for your library. Uh, other things, some of these, uh, with your library books, some of these, you get free access to, uh, is it still, it's not called Linda anymore. What is it now? Uh, right. Linda got, um, oh, we know this. They've been sponsored. They were, yeah, they, they got bought by, um, Great, LinkedIn uh, learning LinkedIn. Yeah. So, but like you can go in, you may be surprised to find out that you have access to like learning how to code HTML, like all of this stuff, just go and check it out. And like, I, I just want to encourage you to, I don't know, you don't have to be the dork that I am about this, but consider rekindling your love, your childhood love affair with libraries by going in. It's the, this is an institution that makes America better. And you may, even as just a, a selfish white guy, you might be blown away with how much free crap libraries have that will fit into your digital lifestyle. Is all I wanted to say. About Look at that. this. So, so for, um, have you tried logging in and doing your stuff? Well, I, I, I don't have my library card sitting on my desk uh, as you do, but put it in one password. That's what I do. University of Phoenix at Austin, Art Institute of Austin. These are all Austin-compatible cards. Um, University of Texas, Austin Community College. All of these Austin Public Library card, just a regular old library card. Yep, yep. Austin County Library System. I don't know what Austin County is. It's not here. So really, almost anywhere in... Uh, Austin, yeah, I mean, you can get in here. That's pretty cool. I mean, I am especially privileged because San Francisco has a really good library system. You know, another one we should just mention, um, I have not used this extensively in years, but it's such a magical site that I like to mention once a year. Go to worldcat.org. Worldcat. Yeah, worldcat.org. So worldcat.org, you go in you and again, you me get this, right? You, we talked about this once. Yeah, we sure talked okay, about this. That's what I thought. But if you, if you do have access to a library that has access to other libraries, if you could do what we in college call interlibrary loans, uh, you can check out just about anything through WorldCat. Because, it, it, again, this connects up with a lot of these library systems. But WorldCat is kind of a um, – it's almost like Amazon for libraries where you can go in and find pretty much anything. You can find things like the discontinued and <laughs> heavily hidden Getting Things Done Now CD series. You could get through this. There's all kinds of great stuff I've gotten from this. So, um, anyways, you know, there's, we're, we're, we have such an embarrassment of riches. I mean, on my TV right now, I have access to everything. Mm-hmm. I've got Amazon Prime. I've got Netflix. Um, 
I've got uh, I just bought Deadpool two a couple nights ago. Like I've got all of the things, but let's not lose track of the fact that there are resources out here that can help everybody. Like mm-hmm. I said in that episode of Do By Friday, um, you know, libraries harm no one and they help everybody. Mm-hmm. And you may be surprised to go in and find out how much stuff is out there. That's all I'm gonna say about that. That's all you need to say about that. Canopy. Will you try this? Will you do me? A, will you do me? Will you do me a favor and, and get your library card? Not this second, but will you try that? Yes. All right. That's all. That's all I could really ask. Oh, and I have I've one last bit of follow up that just occurred do, to me. Do do do. Yes. <laughs> I ordered and received the a keyboard gel pad wrist rest thing. Ooh. Uh, I just actually got it this morning and I didn't have much time to try it out before the show, but I will say it, it did seem to put my uh, hands and wrists and all that nonsense in the right position to use the keyboard. So I, I will actually be able to use the keyboard now and, oh, uh, and hopefully good, next good. show report back on the actual keyboard and, and how that's going. The problem with these RSI and related issues is that it's a classic old man problem mm. because you're not gonna you're not gonna suffer from this until you suffer from it, and you, you can't really you can't unring the bell. It's it is it is really tough. It, it may sneak up on you. I, I assume like it did with Syracuse, where you know somebody who spends so much time typing and so much time playing video games. Like when you're a young person, you can recover from that, but you you may not know what harm you're doing to yourself with your setup. That's it, right. It's worth it's worth it's worth as, you know take it from an old man. It, you know that's that's an easy enough one to not totally screw up. Save your wrists. That's all I'm saying. That's all you've got to say. Got to say, yeah. That was a weird one. That's a good one. I like the ones that are like that. You like the ones where I don't prepare and it's early? Mm-hmm. You got anything else? No. You ever take your kids to the library? You don't like libraries, probably. No, they're probably kind of kind of not hygienic. They're, we have a they're new fun. one here in Austin that's amazing. The old one. Yeah. yeah. But the mm, new the new one is it. the new one is like like everything you described that you like about libraries being a commu- poten- having the potential to be a community center. This yeah. one's very new. It's nice. Uh, so I'm I, I I have I like this one. You ever go and look at trades like comic comic books, graphic novels at your library? I haven't at the new one. Try it. You might be surprised. Even at our tiny branch library near our house, um, it's in the teen area. But like, there's just a giant collection of trades <laughs> right, like, on the shelf. Only teenagers like this crap. We'll put it well, over that's here. That's the thing, and they do that thing like at a playground with like, please, we like to keep this area safe for young people, so teens only. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. You got to be kidding me! I yeah. <laughs> like the Fantastic Four. Hello, I'm a teen. <laughs> hey, I have I have the same interests as teens. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here all day. Yeah. All right, sir. We'd really prefer you don't. Wanna, we really want to create a safe environment here. <laughs> right. You're disruptive <laughs> to the teens. Well, let me finish my beer and say my goodbyes and I'll go. Mm-hmm. I'm staying. Finish, finishing my coffee. No, just, you know, prior restraint. Um, <laughs> let's button this up. <laughs> I right. love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.